Welcome to the Pokescast. I'm Ryan Thorburn, the Whammy Beat Writer for the Casper Star Tribune. You can follow all of my coverage at trib.com or my tweets at at by underscore Ryan Thorburn. It is my pleasure to welcome back Robert Gagliardi, my Border War book co-author. Speaking of, there's a Border War on Saturday, basketball style. Gags, how you doing? Doing good, Ryan. How you doing? Can't complain. Um, you know, the border war, obviously, our book is about football, but it does carry over to other sports. And, you know, last year's border war basketball was so good. Uh, you had David Roddy on one side, Graham E.K. and Hunter Maldonado on the other side. Isaiah Stevens, you know, paired up with Roddy. This year, most of those guys haven't been playing. You know, Roddy has been playing in the NBA, of course. Um, former Colorado State great. Graham E.K. has not been playing due to injury. Maldonado in and out due to injury. Uh, Isaiah Stevens missed November with injury, but he's back. So both teams kind of scuffling along now without all that star power. Um, but this is a chance. You get this win, and all of a sudden you're feeling a little bit better about life. Well, I think anytime you can beat your rival, Ryan, you know, whether it's, you know, we've talked a lot about the border, whether it's football, basketball, I think in any sport at any level, really, when you, if you get, if you could beat your rival, it certainly doesn't make up for the, for the struggles and the, and the, and everything that's gone on, but it's certain, it certainly helps. And, you know, it's, it's another chance. And and look, Ryan, you, you and I have covered sports for a long, long time. You know, we've seen goofy things happen throughout a season you know, ups and downs and this and that, you know, I'm not covering this team, but you certainly are, but just reading and I don't know, Ryan, I don't know if I've ever seen anything quite like this with, with whether it's basketball, football, or any sport. I, you know, I, I remember covering some football teams that were, you know, lots of injuries or lots of this and that, but I mean, for a basketball team with just with 15 guys and everything this team has been through, you know, I'm not going to sit here and start making excuses for Wyoming, but this is, this has been a season that I don't think even the most pessimistic fan of Wyoming or anyone, you know, saw coming. I, you know, from, you know, injuries before the season and then this and that, and you know, maybe there was some bad luck. You know, the 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 bus ride, you know, back from Air Force is the latest topper where it took him eight hours to get back from the academy after Tuesday night Tuesday night's loss there. Um, you know, what thirteen different starting lineups. You know, I don't care who you are. Excuse me. Any team that's going to lose that many players at one time, especially impact players, are going to struggle. But uh, have you seen anything like this? I know we've hit on basketball some throughout this this podcast and, and stuff, but I've never, from afar at least, I've never seen anything. I know I've never covered anything quite like that. Yeah, I was trying to think of some of the worst teams I've covered while you were, you know, talking there. And, you know, I covered the Nuggets before they got Carmelo Anthony when, you know, they were tanking or whatever to get in that draft lottery, you know, ahead of the LeBron James, Carmelo, Bosch, et cetera, draft, they were awful. Uh, I covered the Dan Hawkins, Colorado Buffalo football team. They were really, really bad, not competitive, but those are just bad teams. They, they didn't have these injury problems like mm -hmm. Wyoming. Wyoming was supposed to be a mountain West contender and a top 25 team. As you mentioned, I mean, it started with the Graham EK, you know, on the eve of the season or, or right before the season, the announcement that he was going to be out, you know, a minimum of six to eight weeks. I think it's been 11 weeks now, which is, we can get into what, what that's all about. And then, you know, 
just the Air Force game the other night, as Linder pointed out, four starters from the NCAA tournament game against Indiana were sitting out that game. And it's hard to, you know, beat anyone, including Air Force on the road, when when you have an eight-man squad and about four or five of those guys you didn't expect to have a major role this season. You had Nate Barnhart in there, a promising seven-footer, freshman. Um, but, you know, they didn't think Nate was going to be a factor this year. Now he's starting games on the road. Uh, you had, uh, you know, Caden Powell obviously backing him up. Really big upside for Caden Powell, but right now he looks like kind of a deer on ice out there. You know, he's mm-hmm. just – he's not there yet. I think eventually he's going to be a good player. Um, if you're looking for positives, I mean, Barnhart played well against Air Force. He has a big size advantage against Air Force. And Noah Reynolds is is back, and he's emerged as a high-end Mountain West player. I, I would say he's a clutch player. But I think he kind of typifies this current rotation. He's can score almost at will. Wyoming is shooting the ball extremely well. They're scoring well, but on the other end, you know, the whoever he's guarding is doing the same thing. So uh, this is a very bad defensive team right now, and Colorado State is tenth in defense in the Mountain West. Wyoming's eleventh. These are two bad defensive teams, and you know, beyond the the injuries and everything, that's that's why they're both struggling. Yeah, you know, and I and I know we've hit on this a little bit, but. Look, you know, injuries are part of, of of the sport. You know, sometimes there's there's years where teams, you know, the injury bug doesn't. It's really not a factor. Other years, like this one, this is this is it's 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 more of a factor. But I think this shows Ryan, and 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 I'd be interested to get your take. Is look, you know, the, yeah, they returned. Wyoming returned a lot of players from you know the NCAA tournament team and and everything. But this this team, right, wrong, or indifferent was built around Graham E.K. And not just because he pretty much averaged 20 and 10 last year, but basically what he, how he opened up the floor for everyone else. You know, this team, you know, even when they brought E.K. up the year before, even in, in limited basis because he's coming off an injury in high school, I mean, this is how they – this is how Jeff Linder and his staff, they built around E.K. And, and how to play around him. And then you lose him, and that's certainly sad. That's unfortunate and everything. And then it's just kind of like, now what? Now – did the coaches maybe not do you know maybe put too much too many too many of their eggs in the basket around EK? I mean, I guess you could argue that if you want, but it just goes to show just you know basketball is a team sport, right? But it just goes to show you how important one player can be in that in this form of a team because it's based around him and not again not just because of the sheer numbers he produces, but how he opens the floor for everyone else. Look, under Maldonado. Despite his his issues with injuries and everything, he's having a pretty solid year still. But he's not under Maldonado last year, and and you know part of it is teams you know keying on him more, and they're going to key on him even if EK's in the lineup. People are you know teams know about Hunter Maldonado obviously, but EK opened up a lot of things for him for for Maldonado and even maybe a lot of other guys. So I just think you're seeing the effects of how big of an impact Graham EK is and not just based on his pure production, just how important he was. And when that it's like the foundation was taken away from this basketball team. And then it's just kind of been a scramble to re-solidify it. And then with everything else piled on there, then it's just like, you're just trying to mortar in the holes, you know, like you're, you know, you're, you're trying to keep the floodgates from opening. And I don't envy Jeff Linder and the staff, I, you know, Ryan, you're around this team or at least around it enough, you know, you're covering the games and, 
media availability. I know this, I mean, the struggles are evident. You know, you mentioned the defensive struggles, you know, the, the, they're on a, what, an eight-game losing streak. I'm not seeing any quit in this team. And that's very subjective, too, because you anyone can sit on their couch and watch this team. Oh, they're not, oh, they're quitting. Oh, they're not ready to play. But I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm getting a sense that they're still bought in, so to speak, maybe. And again, maybe that's just the fan in me. I don't know. It's just, I'm I'm just thinking and hoping that if they can just weather through this the best they can and whether those results come this year, I mean, look, like the Barnard kid's getting some pretty valuable experience. Even Caden Powell, even though he may not be ready for this, can only help him. Guys like Noel Reynolds now emerging, you know, Ethan Anderson's having a, a good year, you know, Odin at times. A lot of these guys have flashed, you know, that maybe they maybe they can go on a run late in the season or later on in the season. Maybe this builds to next year. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just thinking – Something good has to come of this. Now, I don't know when that'll be, but I'm hoping it will. But what are you kind of get, getting a sense, Ryan, that is it, you know, we're still in mid-January. There's a lot of basketball left, but are you getting the sense that this team's done, um, you know, attitude-wise or anything? What kind of sense are you getting from this? Well, it's interesting because every player you talk to after all of these losses is very positive and says the team chemistry is great. You know, the coaches are putting them in position to win. But the theme that I don't like is they're all saying, you know, and Ethan Anderson said it after the Air Force game, he said, if, if Grand Mieke laces them up, we're, you know, right up there with any team in this league. And then Nate Barnhart said, we're still the top dogs in this league if Grand Mieke is playing. And I, I can see that to a certain extent, you know, Jeff Linder has compared Grand Mieke, what he does for Wyoming to what Jokic does for the Nuggets. You know, you take Jokic off of the Nuggets, they maybe go from the number one seed to, you know, maybe not even being a playoff team. I get that. That's how important Graham E.K. was to this particular team. Uh, but I just don't like the way they've handled this whole situation because when you have Ethan Anderson saying things like that and all the players saying, you know, once E.K. gets back, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to do this. How much pressure does that put on E.K.? I mean. Mm -hmm. what if he's not coming back, you know, and they're saying these things and then he doesn't come back how they feel. I mean, I think Jeff Linder handled this all wrong from the beginning when he wouldn't even say what the injury was still hasn't said what it was. Obviously it's a stress reaction or a stress fracture, or maybe even a broken foot, whatever. We all know it's a right foot injury for a big man. Um, why not just say that, say, Here's the timetable for a normal recovery. We're going to be extra, extra cautious with it, though, so it might be longer. And then we'll have to decide once it's healed, is it worth him coming back or not? And we'll talk about his future then. But it's just all so murky that, you know, Linder last week was saying it's up to EK and, and you don't have any, you know, does that mean he's cleared to play and that it's mental? Does that mean that, you know, he's getting second opinions? I mean, it's just all murky. You look at EK on the bench. And he's living and dying every moment. He's a great <laughs> supporter of these guys. He seems engaged. Seems like you know he would be the last person to quit on this team. But it's I, I just think they should clarify what the situation is and decide, you know, just say he's probably gonna be back in one to two weeks, or he's probably just gonna shut it down. Just get some get some clarity there so fans don't wonder and we don't have to ask every day and then get these vague answers. That's that's fair. I think that's more than fair. And and even then, 
I mean, again, it wasn't like this just happened. You know, EK, you know, it happened right before the start of the season. And I know, you know, when it's kind of hard to reinvent the wheel that fast, but, you know, they also, you know, that's why these coaches are paid a lot of money to put these guys in the best position. And, again, it's hard. You know, like I said, EK was is was and is the foundation of this program at, the, at this point in time. And then it's hard to kind of start from scratch. And then you throw in everything else that's happened. It's just, it, it is very hard. And I agree on the clarity and stuff, but, you know, you still got to play. And like, you know, I've heard Jeff Lender say this a lot, you know, no one's feeling sorry for Wyoming, you know, um, and, you know, you just got to keep playing. And I just would like a time though, Ryan, if, you know, again, it's out of anyone's control is just get some guys back and, and be able to just kind of get, get set, get a rotation going. Cause they don't, they've, they've never really had that any, any point in this season, with you know a few games here and there or then you know some other longer term stuff you know i just like to see i just like to see them just try to build some continuity a little bit and then you know get used to playing without ek because they really haven't been able to because they've had to put mix and match so many different guys i think that's hard on any team but it's the hand they've been dealt you know it's it's it is what it is i hate that saying but it's true in this case and you just move forward. Um, I think they're trying. It's just, you're right. It's, it's, it's just, it's like they take a step forward and then they take two steps back and, you know, it's just, you know, but you got to keep fighting. You got to keep plugging away. And that's all, honestly, Ron, really at this point, I don't know what else more you can really ask for from this, from this group. Yeah. I would say this, if EK was out the whole year and everyone else was healthy and it's like, okay, well, we lost the preseason Mountain West player of the year, but you know, let's move on. If it was this bad in that situation, that would be a major red flag. Like, okay, how can one guy be on a team that's 25 wins and then he's taken away and it's five wins? Mm -hmm. But that's not the, like you said, the hand they've been dealt is Jeremiah Oden came out the first game and dominated and then got a concussion. Uh, Noah Reynolds was dominating New Mexico and gets a concussion. Hunter Maldonado in the Bahamas gets a concussion and now he's got apparently a rib injury where he couldn't breathe after the game the other night. Um, the list goes on. Brendan Winslow, you know, one of the great off-season stories, you know, they were so high on his progress. Now he has a, a knee injury that's going to keep him out indefinitely. Kenny Foster finally came back, got in the starting lineup, was doing well, and now has back surgery. He's out until at least the end of February. Hunter Thompson, a super senior, maybe he can – getting a rhythm and fill in for, for EK as the season goes on mono. I mean, it goes on and on. It's ridiculous. you know, the, they lost to St. Mary's in Phoenix and there was travel problems. They had to take a bus back from Phoenix to Larry. And then the other night, as you mentioned, you know, the blizzard on the front range, you know, I got home at four 30 AM after uh, stopping for a hamburger you know, writing a story, stopping for a hamburger, taking it slow. I got home at 4.30 a.m. They get back at 6.30 a.m. because they're stuck on Al Canyon Road. Rookie move, though, by that bus driver. When you say Al Canyon Road, what are you doing? Unless everything else was closed. That's, uh, you know, I guess I'll say this for the bus driver. On Al Canyon Road, you're probably not going to run into too many semis. Um, well, Linda said there was four yeah, semis uh, off the road in front of them. So, right. So it's. I've done that before, you know, I've, I've cut across that stretch. Uh, I've had some white harrowing experience. Like I told you, even before we started, I've, I've covered games at air force when I was on the beat and I got stuck down in Colorado Springs. I wasn't brave enough to even try to get back home. And I got stuck down there a couple of times, um, let alone getting lost on the Academy grounds. But that's, that's another story for another day. But, uh, 
yeah, it's 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 crazy, Ryan. And now we'll just see, you know, like I said, you know, CSU is, you know, Stevens is is back and he's dangerous. I mean, you saw, you know, what he did against UNLV on the road. Um, you know, he can go off. You you could contain him for it's a 40 minute game. You could contain him for 39 minutes, but then that last minute, if it's close, he can he can take over, you know, and he can take over a game even from the start. He's that type of high level player in this league. Not that other guys aren't very good, but obviously, you know, Stevens is now the, the the focal point of that team. And, you know, they better know what they're doing against him. I don't think you're going to completely shut him down necessarily, especially the way that the defensive struggles are for this Wyoming team. But Isaiah Stevens got to be the start. You know, if other guys beat you, uh, you might be able to live with that. But boy, if I, if Isaiah Stevens gets rolling, then the Rams get rolling. And then that, that'll be that'll be tough for Wyoming, I think. Yeah, I mean, Stevens obviously hit that miraculous shot to force overtime in UNLV and took that game over. They've played three overtime games in a row and won one of them, the UNLV game. They just lost in overtime at home to San Diego State. Uh, Stevens had 16 points and 11 assists against San Diego State. So uh, clearly San Diego State said, we're going to make you have other people beat us, and he had 11 dimes. So uh, that's a tough guard. I imagine Xavier Dussel will start out, out on him, but, you know, as, as Linder said, they get him, you know, matched up in different ways with ball screens and, and different ways. So it's really a team defensive effort to stop him. Uh, Tanjay, I've always thought was just a really talented guy. And now he's in a, in a, in a more focal point situation with Roddy off to the NBA. So they have talent. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm a CSU fan, I'm just as disappointed in my team as Wyoming fans because, yes, they've had injuries too and, and issues with continuity, but they knew Roddy wasn't going to be here. I mean, they've known since mm-hmm. last spring. Wyoming didn't know EK wasn't going to be playing until right before the season started. I mean, both fan bases have to be really disappointed because these are two really good head coaches, two really good coaching staffs. They recruited well. And it's just not working out this year. You know, there's about five or six Mountain West teams in contention for the regular season race, and neither side of the border war is in that mix. Yeah, but, you know, I think CSU can still be a factor based on you said, there's talent there, Ryan. And, you know, they've, you know, again, they've played the, 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 the top teams in this league very well for the most part, you know, beat, you know, you, you know, winning at UNLV right now. That's, that's no easy chore. Um, you know, I think CSU can still be a factor in this down the road, you know, as the, as, you know, I don't know if they're going to win the regular season, you know, Boise State, San Diego State, even, you you know, Utah State, New Mexico, those seem to be the cream at this point. CSU can still be in that mix, I think. I still think there's enough, you're right, I think there's talent there to do it. You know, maybe they get it put together, you know, even more, and I'm sure, you know, they're circling this one. They don't want to, you know, they certainly don't want to lose to a struggling Wyoming team right now. You know, it's hard enough for them to build that momentum. I'm sure they're stinging from that San Diego State loss, but they certainly don't want to, com- you know, compound that by, you know, losing it at conference, you know, winless Wyoming in the conference. So I, I'm sure they're not, I'm sure they're not taking Wyoming for granted. I I wouldn't think, I don't think Nico Medved, you know, and he remembers what it's like. He knows what it's like to play up here. Even when he was an assistant at Drake before he got the CSU gig, he knows what it's like to play up in Laramie. So um, you know, it's a big game for all of them. I think it's big for Wyoming. Just they just need to win, Ryan. I don't care if they played, you know, Laramie High at this point. They just need a victory. And for CSU, they're just trying to keep, you know, keep their heads above water in this conference race and see if they can build a little momentum as we get, gosh, almost into the second half of league play here. 
Yeah. And just to update the injuries, you know, Hunter Maldonado and Hunter Thompson are both quote unquote day to day. So I imagine they both have a chance to play. Uh, you know, Wenzel is out and definitely, as I mentioned, uh, Foster's out for a, a long time here. Uh, and I noticed just transcribing Linder's thing, he didn't actually mention Graham, but it's assumed he will not be playing. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, they have CSU Saturday at UNLV Tuesday, and then they're off next weekend. Um, so I, I think after that week off weekend, if Graham's not back by then, I I, I think it's probably a, a sign that it's over. Mm-hmm. I would think, you know, as you know, yeah, I think that certainly would be, you know, do you bring him back for, you know, the second half of the mountain? I, I don't know. But yeah, you know, when you have that, that quote off week, I would think that that would probably be a, I don't know if it's the sign, but it's certainly a sign that if he's still not back yet, if he is continuing to, you know, I had seen some of the stuff like you'd written, he's been doing like pool work, you know, some conditioning type work, but if it's not coming back by then, you know, maybe it is almost to the point where you just shut him down and then really make sure it's, it's, it's good. If it's, if it's not already at that point and at that point in the season, cause you're that time you're almost into February. That's, I don't know if it's a given, but I think it's 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 a sign. I agree. I think that would be a sign. Yeah, I can't predict what's going to happen there, but you know, it's been a dark season, a, a dark podcast so far. So I will throw this out there. For whatever reason, I think Wyoming's going to win tomorrow. Hmm. You know, there's a part of me right because I've seen you know like the first half against Air Force, you know, against against you know against New Mexico at, at home. You know, they they did, you know, Boise was kind of a, a rough game, but they've they've shown signs, Ryan, where they can do it. Now they need to do it for 40 minutes. And again, I don't, you know, the margin of error for this team, you know, even with EK was maybe not the best, but now it's, I mean, it's razor thin. Now I don't even know if there is a margin of error for this team. And again, I don't know if one has to be perfect, but there's signs they can play. You know, it's not like they're getting drilled by 20 every night. You know, there's there's signs from this team. You know, rivalry game, the students are back. I don't know what kind of crowd. I think the weather's supposed to be pretty decent, Ryan. You know, I know they've given away a lot of tickets over here in Cheyenne so far. You know, I, you know, maybe they build a little momentum and and and, and get one. And, and who knows, you know, you get the first one, then you just go from there. But you got to get the first one first. And again, get your rival. You know, it's possible, but, you know, there can't be a lot of lapses. There can't be a lot of mistakes. There can't be, you know doesn't have to be perfect but it got it has to be more consistent and it's got to be from start to finish there can't be a whole lot of lulls if Wyoming's gonna whether it's tomorrow against CSU or really at any point I think this team still the team's capable of winning games but it's they they just don't got a whole lot of wiggle room so to speak you think uh Craig Bull brings the boot out you know it's a big uh recruiting weekend here for Wyoming football as they you know, maybe look to add a guy or two to their class ahead of next Wednesday's signing day. Will we see the bronze boot on Saturday? I'd be surprised if we didn't see the bronze boot on Saturday. Aussie, you know, um, again, and they're trying to, you know, look, I'm sure it's a struggle. Look, you know, sports fans in Wyoming aren't a lot different from sports fans in a lot of places. When their team is struggling, it's it wanes up weighs on them and you know, attendance and interest isn't quite as as high. I mean, that's just that's just part of life, you know. But yeah. They'll bring the, I'll be on, I'll be floored if they don't bring it out. You know, students are back at CSU's in town. Yeah. I think the boots there. Um, yeah, I think they definitely bring it. And if, uh, 
if 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 Craig doesn't, if it's not Craig's call up, you know, if Jeff Linder wasn't in his office saying, Craig, can we borrow can we borrow this piece of hardware for a few minutes on Saturday? I'd been surprised. So anything to to generate a little bit of, you know, of of interest, a little even a little bit of joy, you know, the boots still in Laramie. So there's at least that going for the Cowboys right now in Wyoming Athletics. Yeah, which is a, a good plug. Go go get our book about the border war at Amazon or or contact us and we'll mail you one. All right, Robert, before we go, uh, there is a basketball team that is having a very good season and winning in Laramie. The Wyoming Cowgirls are 5-2 and two in league play. The two losses were t- both to UNLV, which is a machine right now. The Rebels, uh, I think, have won nine in a row. They're 18-2 and two overall, 8-0 in league play. This Cowgirls team is good. I don't think they're going to be able to to win the regular season title because I think UNLV is that good. I think they're going to maybe run away with it, but this is a team that uh, is very good. They have a great starting five, a couple good bench players, and they play after the border war against San Diego state. Those two teams are tied in the loss column in third place right now. And the rebels are in Fort Collins against second place, Colorado state. So those four teams are are in a good race right now. And, uh, you know, this is a good team. Tommy Olson and Quinn Weideman, super seniors. Uh, you know, Allison Furtick was quiet against UNLV the other night, but I think she's uh, a force in this league. And you, you got to like uh, the way Grace Ellis, Emily Melema, and others are playing. Uh, all is not lost in Laramie. This is a good basketball team. Yeah, I know it was a disappointing loss for the Cowgirls the other night. And I know, you know, it was it was tight in the first half and then it kind of slipped away from them in the second. But I agree with you, Ryan. I think UNLV, at least this time, is maybe a kind of a, is the class of the league and maybe, you know, pretty there's really, you know, you know, the the, the runners up or, or, you know, it's really no match, at least right now. And a lot of things can change. But, you know, to go on the before that game, Ryan, they went on a three-game road trip in the in conference play, which you don't see much on any level of in, in college anymore, where you're on the road for three straight games and they won those games. Maybe not against the best teams in the league, but you still won three straight on the road. You know, their head coach has been out with for maternity leave, which is wonderful. But you know, there's all there can always be a transition there. She's a first-year head coach to begin with. And then you have to make that transition. And and you know, Ryan Larson and and, and the staff have done a great job of at least from a distance, making that a seamless transition, so to speak. And uh, no, it's 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 great. It's great to see them. It's nice to see the cowgirls in the in the mix. You know the way they play, the way the things that they do. If they continue to stick with those things, it's, I find a hard time believing that you know they're still that they're not going to be in that race or be a factor in the Mountain West race. Um, it'll be interesting to see just how they kind of click in this as we get close to the second half and come Mountain West tournament time, but. Just, you know, hats off to the Cowgirls. They've, you know, they've dealt with some stuff too, not nearly to the extent of what the men have. They've dealt with some stuff and they've handled it well. And they're, they're, you know, they're having success and hopefully that will continue. And you're right. That's a, that's a very big game on Saturday after the men's game to see if they can, you know, keep their hold, so to speak, on that, you know, that second place, those, that, that upper half of the Mountain West. Yeah. I think the key for them is, you know, let's assume UNLV keeps this going and wins the league you know, as they did last year, they won uh, the tournament as well. You want to be in that two, three spot. And uh, right now it's looking like that's going to be either Colorado state, Wyoming, or San Diego state. If you're in that two, three spot, you know, then you don't have to worry about the rebels until the championship game. And as we've seen 
many, many years uh, in the Mountain West Women's Basketball Tournament, which typically there are no at-large candidates for the NCAA tournament. It's the winner of that tournament gets the bid. Mm-hmm. You know, the pressure really gets on that number one seed, especially a team like UNLV that's having such a magical season. Now they did it last year and obviously mm-hmm. they'll be playing in Las Vegas, which helps. But I just think if you can get to that championship game, all the pressures on UNLV and I really kind of like Wyoming's chances in that scenario. I mean, Tommy Olson was already saying, you know, and in her quotes last night, like next time we play these guys, blah, blah, blah. Like, they want to see him one more time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good attitude to have. And, you know, it's going to make the border war part of the women's basketball be fun because CSU's good. You know, Ryan Ryan Williams has done a great job, a Wyoming guy. Gillette Native to, has really got that program back to where I think, you know, a lot of people want it to be and expect it to be. Um, yeah, if, you know, that 2-3 spot, I agree. I, again, Ryan, I'd have a hard time thinking that UNLV is going to take a major fall from where it's at. But, you know, n- anything can happen. But um, the women's part of the border war is going to be fun. I hope we have a fun, memorable part of the men's border war. I know, you know, going back to our book, you know, when I talked to, you know, Mike Bobo when he was the coach at CSU, you know, he had heard about the Wyoming uh, you know, the the border war rival, but you know, he's in his first year, he's in his office late at night, working, probably working on recruiting, just working in the office, and he heard, you know, something going on downstairs in Moby and wanted to check it out what it was. Well, it was the border war. And he went down and checked it out. He told me and he goes, Whoa, I didn't he, I had no idea about this. That was kind of his first taste of the border war basketball style. And he said after after that, and maybe it was a little bit of lip service that he kind of got, a, he kind of understood then, even though I'm sure a lot of people told him what it was like on the football side and how important it was. He got, he got a taste of it at basketball as a spectator and watched it and said, yeah, now I kind of get it. So there, there's a little bit of that. So maybe we'll have some fun border war basketball stuff to be talking about this winter. And maybe it starts on Saturday for the Cowboys. All right. Well, listen, everybody, thanks so much uh, for tuning in and downloading and sharing and all that stuff. Uh, you know, Wyoming versus CSU at 2 p.m. at the Arena Auditorium, followed by the Cowgirls against San Diego State at 6. Should be a, a fun afternoon. Um, can't really call it the Dome of Doom this season, but uh, I have a feeling come March uh, that could change. We'll see what happens. That's good. Thanks, Ryan. I really appreciate you having me and look forward to the next one. Sounds good. Thanks, Robert.